1: only at BJ's.
2: Take over. Let's join Bishop Kevin J. Foreman. Takes Take it over. over. Taking over. over. Bible. It is the living word of God. My mind is renewed and my spirit is prepared to receive the word which produces faith. And faith pleases God. I'm not just a hearer of the word. I'm a doer of the word. This word has given me life and life more abundant. shout it out. I am in my promised land. Amen. Remain standing. Flip over to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter number 3. Glory to Jesus. I said glory to Jesus. Uh, see when, when you've been s- saved from some stuff. See, scripture says, uh, skip, scripture says, no weapon that is formed against us shall be able to prosper. He, 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 here's, here's what I want your neighbor to shout about. Uh, God even kept you from being your own weapon. Because, see, some of us can be honest and say, the enemy's weren't the people out there. The enemy was the one right here. But, but, but he wouldn't let me prosper against myself. Jesus. Go to Philippians chapter three. Are you there? We're going to read the entire chapter. Verse one. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious, but for you it is safe. Watch this. Beware of dogs. Beware of evil workers, beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision. He's just saying we are we are Jews who worship God in the spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. Though I might, uh, I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh. I more so circumcised the earth day. He's giving his history of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews concerning the law. I was a Pharisee concerning zeal. I persecuted the church concerning righteousness, which is in the law. I was blameless. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted as loss for Christ. Paul's saying, listen, I was the religious zealot of religious zealots. I was a religious man who was judging everybody for everything else. I was a Hebrew. I was an Israelite. I was circumcised the eighth day. I was in right standing with God according to everything the law said to do. But he said, I counted all of these things as loss that I could come to know Christ. See, see, there was a day where you used to look down on people. Because they didn't have what you had. They didn't have the pedigree that you had. They didn't drive what you drove. They didn't talk like you talked. And Paul is saying, I left all of that. I count that as loss. For Christ's sake. Look at this. Verse 8. Yet indeed, I also count all things lost. Say all things. For the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things. Paul says, I have lost a lot of stuff. I, I've been through a lot. I've been through the fire. I've been through the storm. But look what he says. I count that stuff as rubbish. Because when I lost that stuff, I found God. You're not hearing what I'm saying. Paul says, when I lost my good standing with the Pharisees, I found God. When I lost my house, I found God. When I lost my car, I found God. When I lost that relationship, I found God. He says, so I count that stuff as rubbish. Verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness from the law. But that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness, which is from God by faith. Say, I am righteous, I am righteous. by faith, by faith. Okay, which means when God looks at you, he sees you in right standing. It's all righteous means right standing with him. Not because you're so good, not because you praise right, not because you sing right, not because of any of that. He says, but because you believe in me, you are in right standing with me just because you believe it. So you ever known somebody that believed something that wasn't true, but because they believed that it was truth to them? Watch this. Watch this. Look, look, look there. Go to verse. um, Well, let's keep looking there. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may obtain to the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already attained or am perf- already perfected, but I press on that I can lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but this one thing. He says, I, I, I haven't gotten there yet. I, I haven't arrived. I, I'm not, I, I don't pay all like I should. I don't, I, I'm not nice all the time like I should, but he said, this one thing I do do, I forget those things. Which are behind me. Look <laughs> at your neighbor say forget that stuff. And I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal of the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anybody think otherwise God will reveal this to you. He says you're going to figure out who your friends are. He, he says you're going to figure out who you can walk with and who you can't walk with. Verse 17, brethren, join in following my example and note those who walk, who so walk as you have us for a pattern. For many walk of whom I told you often, and now I'm telling you even weeping that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. He, he's saying there's a lot of folk that started out with you. But by the time some 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 stuff happened, by the time some drama happened, by some time some things happened, he, he said that they're now enemies to God whose end is their destruction because their God is their belly and their glory is in their shame because they set their mind on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven. Look as the neighbor say, you're from, you're from heaven. From which we also eagerly await the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body that it may be conformed to his glorious body according to the working uh, by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. Father, you hear me. and You always hear me. And in this moment now, I pray, Father, that you would begin to move and speak and do what only you can do. Taylor, make this word for those listening in all of our campuses now. Lord, that this word would penetrate them, that they would understand that you have given them a high calling that they must pursue. Regardless of what it costs, regardless of what it takes, they must pursue it. And press toward The mark of the prize of the high calling. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Somebody shout, it is so. so. As you take your seats at all of our campuses, why don't you high five somebody and say the high calling, the high calling, the high calling. You can be seated in the very presence of the Lord. Uh, the truth of the matter is, is that in the body of Christ today and in Christendom today, we hear people say things like, get Jesus, get Jesus. And people say, I'm falling in love with Jesus. And people say, I just want more Jesus. And people just say, just give me Jesus. And Lord, I just want Jesus. The problem is not that we don't have Jesus. We have Jesus. We just don't know what Jesus has or what he gives to us. It's possible to know the portion of Jesus, but never know the principle of Jesus. Scripture says, seek ye first the kingdom. It doesn't say Jesus. It says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. He says, seek the kingdom. What is the kingdom? The kingdom is heaven's attributes on earth. The kingdom is God's modus operandi. It's how God does what he does. Jesus is king of what you're seeking, but if you're seeking Jesus and not the kingdom, you may get the man, but you will never get what the man has. Are you still here? To know what a person really wants, you have to examine what they pray about. See, never believe somebody when they tell you, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. Pray with them for a little bit, and you'll find out exactly what it is that they want. Jesus, in Luke chapter 11, he gives us a a, a prayer so we can find out what's important to Jesus based on what he prays. The disciples say to him, Lord, teach us how to pray. And they do that. And in Luke 11, chapter 2 through 5, it says this. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. You know it. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive our sins as we also forgive everyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. So if this is what Jesus prayed about, these things must be really important to him. Look at your neighbor said say, this is important to Jesus. Now, now I want to give you some things because I'm going to really help your neighbor today. The word kingdom in Greek is the word basilia. Uh, it means the realm, the royalty the rule and the reign. So when he says your kingdom come, he's saying let your realm, your royalty, your rule, and your reign come, R-E-I-G-N, not R-A-I-N. He's saying, he's saying, Lord, let everybody see that you run me. He said, Lord, let everybody see that even though I've made some mistakes, that you're the kind of God whose rule and reign and royalty can step in and change anybody. See, it doesn't matter what I was yesterday, because if I'm alive today, I got brand new mercies and I can get it right. Half-five somebody says, You got another chance. You got another chance. So he says, So he says, So he says, Thy kingdom, thy realm, royalty, rule and reign, uh, be. Uh, uh, Come, your will be done. Where on earth? Now, the word "earth" there is the Greek word "ge,", G-E. Uh, not generally Electric. Just "ge." It means soil, land, country, and world. So he says, "Let your realm, royalty, rule and reign be on my soil, my land, my country, and my world." Like it is in heaven. Now, the Greek word heaven, stay with me. You're going to have to get the CD for this one. The Greek word heaven is oranus, O-U-R-A-N-O-S, for those of you that are trying to take really good notes. It means elevation or, or perspective, happiness, power, eternity, and the abode of God. So come on, let's be a good class and let's put it all together. Luke Luke 11, 2 through 5 So he said to them, when you pray, say Our Father in your Elevation, your perspective Your happiness, your Power, your living place (laughs) Hallowed be your name Your realm Royalty, rule And reign Come Your will Be done On my soil On my land, or my country, or my world as it is in your elevation, your perspective, your happiness, your power, your eternity, and your abode where you live. Touch your name and say, stay with him. So now watch this. We find then that it's very important for Jesus, for us to understand that we're not dying to get his rule, his realm, his royalty, his reign that we're supposed to live in it here and the enemy wants you to get so preoccupied with dying so you can go see it and I'm here to tell you you're going to be disappointed because he's going to look at you and say you were supposed to bring it down there can I take it another further so then the question becomes, well, oh, Bishop, this sounds really good. This this really preaches really well. It's very wonderful. It's very profound. It is a very, very great and interesting thing. But the question comes is, how does the kingdom come, and how is his will done? Amen. Amen. So flip to Jeremiah 1. I, I want you to get this today. I'm, I'm going to teach you real good, then I'm going to shout you real good. Because, see, somebody wants you to think, and it's it's your enemy, wants you to think you're supposed to have a jacked up, messed up, miserable life and you're just supposed to survive so you can die that's not what was important to Jesus what was important to Jesus is that John 10, 10 that you have life and life more abundantly he who finds God finds life there is no life outside of him so, 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 so watch this watch this watch this now Jeremiah 1 5 look at your neighbor and say where are you from now I know that's not appropriate English just Indulge me for a moment if you would. Jeremiah 1.5, you got it? Before I formed you, who's talking? God. In the womb, I knew you. Before you were even born... I sanctified you. Sanctified means I set you apart. See, that's why you wondered why you can never fit in with everybody else. That's why you wonder why you are always just a little bit different from everybody else. Because while you were still in your mama's womb, Jesus said, I'm going to pull you apart. I'm going to separate you. And when you try to fit in, you'll never fit in. And when you try to run with the drug heads, you'll never fit in. And when you try to run with the loose women, you'll never fit in. It'll never bring you joy. Because before you got here, I was separating you. You'll never be able to fit in, and anytime you try, you know you're faking it. He says, I ordained you a prophet, Jeremiah, while you were still yet in your mother's womb to the nations. So look at your neighbor and say, Where are you from? Okay. <laughs> say, I'm from heaven. Watch this. Let me tell you how important you are to God. Before your mother ever knew your father, which he could have picked any man and any woman to make that happen, he chose the ones he did because he knew that whether or not they would be there or not, that whatever they would do would have a good impact for you. So, so you don't look back on that and be mad at them. You just got to look and say, thank God. You may have not been good, but thank you. You taught me everything not to to, Because he could have picked anybody. He, he, he picked that man and that woman and he said, before they ever meet, I thought about you. Before you ever got to earth, you were on my mind. You were a thought, Jeremiah 29, 11. I was thinking about you before I ever let them meet one another. And when I let them meet one another, I set it up. Whether it was one lock or not, you are my inheritance. And I set it up that you would get here and you would be on this earth. That's the reason you couldn't get aborted. You couldn't get aborted. She didn't choose that. I chose that. I chose that. I chose that because before you were born, in your mother's womb, you were with me. And I decided what you were going to be. And everything that's been happening in your life was happening just to get you to the place I wanted to get you to. I decided that you would be here. Somebody say that that that's powerful. Because you know accident, you know bump on the log. You're not some number in the census. God says before you were formed in your mama's womb, I knew you. The word knew there is more than an intellectual know. It's a it's a it's an intimate knowing. He says I knew you. He says you were intimate with me. He says that's why when you worship me, that's why you get back to a place of intimacy with me that's why all your life you will search to get to that place of intimacy with me and you'll try to fill it with drugs, sex, alcohol, whatever you try to fill it with but it'll never fill it like I fill it because before you were formed I put a hole there with my name on it are you still here? no, 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 no. no. You're, you're from heaven so, so now look at your neighbor and say what's in you flip to Luke 17 21 we got to move Luke 17 21 at all of our campuses, if this isn't just making you want to shout and run laps, you're not living. Yeah. Luke seventeen twenty-one. you got it? Now look what it says. I'm reading New King James. <clears throat> Nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. 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 Let's go another place. 50 Ecclesiastes 311. I want you to see this. Because remember, the question is, Bishop, how does the kingdom come? How is his will done? Well, if I don't know where the kingdom's at, I don't know where to look for it. But if I figure out where it's at, I'll know where to look for it. So I just found out it's in me, it's in your neighbor. Okay, watch this. I'm for the man. I'm probably going to have to just, cameras, y'all going to have to stay with me. I may run out of here, run around the street, run down to 25 and turn around somebody shout glory Glory. Ecclesiastes 3.11 you got it watch this Ecclesiastes 3.11 watch it he has made everything beautiful in it's time so so don't you be worrying about your life when are things going to get good for me when it's time when am I going to get over this pain when it's time when when am I going to get a break God everybody else is getting breaks when it's time Because he's made everything beautiful in its time. But the next part is what's going to make me shout. Okay, call the Department of Transportation right now. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Except that no one can find out the work that God does from the beginning to the end. Wait a minute. We've heard that word eternity somewhere else. It's from the Greek definition of heaven. Your elevation, your perspective, your happiness, your power, eternity, and the abode of God. Also, he has put eternity in their hearts. Heart bears the Hebrew word, leb, which means your mind. So there's not this thing here. It's this thing here. Well, wait a minute. No, I, I need you to connect the dots on your own. He has put eternity in their hearts. Wait a minute. The definition of heaven is Eternity. Elevation, perspective, happiness, power, the abode of God. He has put eternity in their hearts. Definition of heaven, eternity. He has put eternity in their hearts. Definition of... He put heaven on the inside of me. And he's me here to earth so I can manifest heaven to everybody and everything around me. to have somebody say, heaven on earth is in you. Which means if the kingdom's in me, his realm, his rule, his royalty, and heaven's in me, I'm not trying to bring heaven on earth. People around you say, You're heaven on earth, you're heaven on earth. Yeah, yeah. Somebody shall Please, Bishop. Prince Bishop. Come on. When, now, watch this, watch this, watch this, watch this. When you're born again, and if you're not, you're going to get today. Your citizenship is transferred to heaven. And you get a brand new job. Touch your neighbor say, you're not unemployed, you have a job. The new job is called the high calling. Why is it high? Because it's from heaven. But where is heaven at on earth? See, the reason some of you keep getting disappointed in relationships is because you're seeking heaven from them when you didn't realize you... And some of y'all can't get with me because you like being average. Cool, you stay right there. But I believe my Bible. My Bible tells me I am heaven on earth. You just think you're God's gift. Man, I know I'm God's gift to the world. And I'm not settling for anything less than what God has ordained. Why? Because heaven's inside of me. Be seated all of our campuses. I'm sure y'all are shouting. Bishop, then, the question is, what's the high calling? What's this new job I get? Okay, I got it. Kingdom's in me. Heaven is in me. I am heaven on earth. Got it? So then how do I do this new job called the high calling? Well, What is the high calling? The high calling is when you use your life to be heaven on earth for others and not focus on carnal or worldly things. Let me give it to you another way the high calling is self sacrifice versus self indulgence. Nobody says anything about self-sacrifice anymore because uh, a gospel is being expostulated that says you don't have to do nothing. There's no responsibilities. Turn around three times and God's going to change things. I'm going to tell you the reason why people have been turning around for 10, 15, 20, 30 years and nothing's changed is because God says I'm waiting on somebody to tell them who they are. I'm waiting on somebody to tell them while they're asking me to bring heaven. They are heaven. Look at your neighbor and say, you are heaven on earth. You gotta swallow that. See, that's why you have the kind of taste that you do. You got a high calling kind of taste. That that's that's why you may look at your life and say, I may be going through something right now, but I'm not gonna be here my. I may be riding a hippie right now, but I'm not going to be doing that all my life. I may be living beneath my knees right now, but but, but that's not going to be my story all my life. Why? Because heaven is trying to pop out of me, and God wants to show himself through me. God wants somebody to look at me and say, there must be a God. Why? Because look at their life. The high calling. The high calling is when your life becomes greater than you. The high calling is when life is more important than me, myself, and I. The high calling is when you you don't just practice what you're taught on Sundays. The high calling is when I walk this thing out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, that's the high calling. Because if I'm only heaven in, on Sundays, you can't be heaven on earth on Sundays and hell on earth Mondays. That's, see, the Bible says, I, 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 out of one tongue can't come can't come rivers of life. And can come. Yes. Oh, a- <laughs> Look at the name and say, Bishop's going to preach the hell out of you. that by the time I'm done with this message the only thing left on the inside of you is you ought to just admit it you know you got some hell up inside of you but anybody say I'm going to let that stuff go today by the time I walk out of this sanctuary by the time I walk out of this auditorium the only thing left in me is going to be heaven be seated The high calling, then, is when you can change the world right from where you are. But Bishop, I don't have an education, so what? You're still heaven on earth. But Bishop, I, I don't know this person and this person, and I don't know this, and I don't have this pedigree. So what? You can change the world right from where you are. See, that's why in your life the last couple of years you've been uneasy. And you've been uneasy because you, you feel like I don't even know who I am anymore. I'm trying to figure out what's going on and what's happening. And God, this them what used to give me joy doesn't give me joy anymore. What used to make me happy is not making me happy anymore. And you're trying to navigate through this foreign territory because God says what I'm trying to do is to get rid of all of that hell. What is hell? Gehenna. Trash. I'm trying to get rid of all that trash and I'm trying to get you to manifest heaven. Because there's a world waiting on not just the bishop to be heaven on earth. There's a world that's waiting on the saints of the Most High God to rise up and be heaven on earth. Yeah. You still with me? Yeah. So so the question then becomes, Bishop, how how then I so I know what the high calling is. How, how, how do I pursue it? How, how do I pursue it? How, how do I How do I do that? See, the, the, the thing about me is I, I like practical stuff. I, I like stuff that makes me shout and that makes me feel good. I love that. But at the end of the day, how am I going to do that? You're at harvest because that's the same question you ask. It's, it's nice to shout and spin and run laps but I want to know how am I going to do that? Flip over to Obadiah chapter 1. Now, you may have to go to, it's okay if you have to go to the front of your Bibles to find that one. It's all right. Or you can look on the screen. Obadiah chapter number one. You probably have never read out of the book of Obadiah in your life. <laughs> it's all right. If you got to flip to the front, flip to the front. And if your neighbor's cheating and they flip to Matthew just to look like they got it, you tell on them. <laughs> I'm joking. Obadiah chapter one. and We're going to look at verse one. You ready? Y'all still flipping? Come on. Obadiah chapter one. You got it? Just if you don't have it, look on the screen. Thus says the Lord God concerning Edom. We have heard a rumor from the Lord. An ambassador is sent among the heathen. Arise ye and let us rise up against her in battle. I want you to look there at the middle part. An ambassador is sent among the heathen. Okay, let me look at me. So Bishop Bishop, what do you mean an ambassador is sent among the heathen? Who are the heathen? The heathen is the world. Unbelievers. The nation or the country, the world. Got it? Okay. An ambassador is sent amongst them. You know the problem with church people is they don't understand what they're supposed to do when they're out there. So they get around the people out there and they don't even know what to do. So they start acting like the folk out there because they don't know they've been sent as an ambassador. Look at somebody say you've been sent by God as an ambassador to the heathen. You know, heathen, heathen was used some, some years ago as a word to describe, I mean, just raunchy people. I mean, just they're heathen, Bishop. It just generically means the world. An ambassador is sent amongst the heathen. So when you get born again, God says your citizenship is transferred to heaven. You're from heaven. You 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 are a heaven America. Uh, well, not American. You are a heaven citizen living in America. You are not an American citizen. We are from another place. When you go to the Vatican in Rome, it is not even Rome anymore. It is the Vatican. It is the Holy See. That's the way it is everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, it is no longer the United States of America. It is now the kingdom of heaven. So watch it. Everywhere you go on your job, you don't work there. You've been sent there. You work for heaven. You work for God. God pays your bills, not that job. Your job is a resource, not your source. But see, if you're not taught this, you'll think, I'm working this job to pay bills and doing this and all this. You're not sent there for any other reason except to be an ambassador to the heathen our United States government, when they're trying to establish diplomatic relationships with another nation, they send an ambassador. The ambassador is a representative of the president himself. And the ambassador goes and says, listen, our president would like to establish thus and so, this kind of trade, this kind of agreement, this kind of thing with you, so that we can have a mutual working relationship. That's why the scripture says we are in this world, but we're not of this world. Why? Because I'm an ambassador sent from heaven down to the world to negotiate a deal Called your salvation. It's called celestial diplomacy. Now, you said, Bishop, but, but I don't have a job. I go to school. You, you, no. You're sent there on an assignment. You, but Bishop, this is the only school I could get into. No. It's the only one he lets you get into. Why? He sent you there. As an ambassador, he didn't let them accept you because he said there's too many ambassadors there already. I need you to go down to Auraria. I need you to go up to UNC. I need you to go, I, I need you to go. St-. See, ambassadors don't determine where they go. They just get sent. High five! Somebody say you don't determine where you go. Just take the assignment. Just take the assignment. Now watch this. Stay with me. I'm just about through. There are seven kingdoms or societal spheres, and we've talked about them before, that we're supposed to take over in our region and make his. What are they? Arts and entertainment, business, education, family, government, media, and spirituality. Those are the seven kingdoms of the world or seven societal spheres of the world. Now check this out. You're already in one of them. See, I'm trying to get you to understand when we say we're not taking sides, we're taking over. I'm trying to get you to understand the takeover is not getting ready to happen. It's been happening. See, see watch this. You're already in arts and entertainment. You're already in business, some of you. Some of you are already in education. Some of you already have families. Some of you are already involved in the political process with government. Some of you are already involved in media. And spirituality just refers to the church. So check this out. God set you in one of those kingdoms or societal spheres as an ambassador from heaven to bring heaven there. So when you shut your mouth rather than open your mouth because you don't want to offend the heathen, you're not doing your job as an ambassador. An ambassador's job is not to please the foreign ruler they're talking to, but to please the one that sent them to go deal with the foreign ruler. Which means on my job, they may not like me saying what I got to say, but I'm an ambassador, which means I'm going to say something. They may have an offense when I pray over my food, but watch me pray all the louder. Father, in the name of the... You want to get in on this prayer? Bless this food. I'm an ambassador, which means I'm not going to be quiet because you don't pay my bills. So I don't care if you get offended. I'm here to save you, not you here to save me. Y'all still with me? So that means your pulpit is not always in the church. Your pulpit is out there in one of the societal spheres. Stop trying to work your way to get up here. This is mine. What you need to do is take the mic you've got out there and use it out there. Mr. Yes, 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 yes. say, well, Bishop, I'm just a truck driver. Good. You're in business. Yes, yes. Bishop, I'm just, a, I'm just an accountant. Wonderful. You're in business and finance. Praise the Lord. Are you getting this? You're sent there as an ambassador from heaven, full of heaven, to take heaven to the heathen. Now, that doesn't make you shout, man, you're drinking Jano. No, 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 no. Uh, 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 which means this your campus ought to be overflowing because of all the people you're touching in your societal sphere. You got it? The problem is, is that if you, when you get out there amongst the people, you start becoming like them. They don't want to follow you. So you wonder why some people you invite to church and they're thinking to themselves, heaven no, I'm not going to church with you. Why? Because you're a bad ambassador. Okay, I'm gonna leave that alone because this is just the first part in the series. So, so now we know what the high calling is. We know how we pursue it right where you're at. But, but now, Bishop, I know how to pursue it, but how am I equipped to fulfill the high calling? Y- you got it? Uh, you're equipped to fulfill the high calling through the church. See, the church is not the kingdom. It's part of the kingdom. Because if the church is the end all, if the church is the very end, then we're never going to be able to affect these other parts of society. See, what kingdom is all about is not just a bunch of church folks sitting up shouting about church stuff. It's about us walking out there and saying, Obama, how much you need? And we ain't going to do this no more. You're not hearing what I'm saying. See, kingdom is when we walk to the city of Aurora and say, we heard y'all got some financial problems, but we, the church of the living God, we got it. You're not hearing what I'm saying. See, that's the kingdom. The kingdom is when we walk down to those homeless teenagers on 16th Street Mall and say, here's the keys to your brand new place. And here's the place you're going to go take your diploma. And here's, I know you had a rough course, but heaven just showed up. And heaven's here to change your life. you kidding getting what I'm saying? You're getting this in your soul. Now look at this, Psalm 92:13. Don't flip there. I promise you I've been reading the Bible a long time. I know what it says. You can look on the screen. It says, those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. So so why is church so important? Because you can't do anything effective in those other spheres without the church. So there's a lot of people in our region, in the Rocky Mountain region, that will say, well, I don't really need church. I'm a good person. I'm nice to people. I get people to close off my back. But you're still not going to be with him when it's over. I'm sorry to tell you, I hope that don't offend you, but I do want to compel you to understand there's one way to God. And his name is himself, which is his son, Jesus. Got it? You, you, you can't affect these other areas without the church. And that's why the enemy tries to make the church look like a laughing stock on the news media and in the newspapers. And you got all of these crazy things going on in the church. And they, it's amazing to me, they don't talk about football players and basketball players and what they do. But they're quick to talk about a preacher. To pre- why? Because Satan wants the church to look like a joke. Because if the church looks like a joke, then the people out there will never respond to the ambassadors that's why harvest is important when we say all churches are the same come see why we mean that why cause I'm not just some other mom and pops corner store church sitting up preaching some crack out of gospel that's gonna have you messed up and jacked up all your life I'm here to preach to you the gospel of the kingdom that will revolutionize and change your life the greatest thing on the planet is the church church is ecclesia. It means a called out of people. Where have I been called from? I've been called out of darkness. I've I've been called into light. Everybody tries to copycat the church. I love her because I I love what she does. Oprah tries to copycat the church. Oprah has the biggest church in the nation. Biggest church in the world. 14 million men, women and children tune in at 4 p.m. Around the world to hear Pastor Oprah preach. Now, I'm not saying that from a negative but I'm just trying to prove Everybody tries to copycat the church. Everybody tries to copycat the church. The church, the nightclubs copy the church. But uh-huh. so, what do you mean? People get dressed up yes, to go yes. hear some music. That's praise and worship. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Everybody's copying the church. Yes, Man at the door, that's the usher. Difference is they go, You ain't getting in there for free. You don't get to not pay them. People go in. They dressed up. They're looking good. They're smelling good. They hey, how you? They fellowship. How you doing? They walk over to the bartender. Tell them all their problems. That's the pastor. Everybody tries to copy the church. (laughs) That's the church. The bar is nothing but Satan's church. Uh They're just trying to copy us. They just want to be like us. Don't hate us because you hate us. (laughs) (laughs) Look at your neighbor and say, that ain't because you hate me. That ain't because you hate me. (laughs) The church is a local franchise of heaven. You didn't know that? Franchising came from God. That's why Harvest Christian Center is about being one church in global locations. I want as many franchises of heaven. See, this is the general franchise, but you got your own individual franchise called You. It's a franchise of heaven. We're in the business of changing the world. And if you looked at our year end review, you see that we've been changing our communities. We've been changing the world. The church is the only thing the scripture says that the gates of hell will not destroy it. It will not prevail against it. I said this to you last week. Why is the church and the gates of hell put in the same thing? Because we're close enough to the gates because we're snatching people out of there. You are on your way to a place called separation from God. But Jesus thought enough about you. God thought enough about you that he let some ambassador come your way and snatch you out of the grips of hell. Somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So let's, let's, let's look at this. So, so, so I, I know what the high calling is. I know how to pursue it. I pursue it right where I'm at in one of those spheres, and I know how I'm equipped. I'm equipped through the church. The church is the greatest thing on the earth. So then the question becomes, Bishop, what are some lessons I need to know while I'm pursuing the high calling? I got six of them for you They're real quick. You ready? Remember, this is Paul talking in Philippians, and he says, I press toward the mark of the prize of the high calling. Say, I have a high calling. Paul is an awesome man because Paul, with no television, with no internet, with no radio, Paul preached the entire uh, gospel to the entire continent of Asia in two years and three months. That's incredible. You can't even do that now with all the technology that we have. Paul had a high calling. You have a high calling. And you may never stand up in front of thousands of people with a microphone. You may never stand up in front of a congregation with a microphone, but you stand up at your job Monday through Friday. You stand up at your family reunion. You stand up wherever it is that you're at. And you use that to be an ambassador. But Paul had six lessons. Paul said, I need to tell you the truth, though, because it sounds wonderful. You're, You're heaven on earth. It sounds great. But Paul said, I've been through some stuff, though. Well, I've been pursuing the high calling. So Paul, he gives us six lessons in Philippians. There, he gives us six lessons. The first lesson is the high calling will cost me something. The high calling will cost me something. The second lesson is he says, "Look out for dogs." Bishop, you know what kind of dog was he talking about—a pit bull or a Doberman or what? You know, he wasn't talking about natural dogs. He was talking about dogs with two legs. Two hands, two ears, two eyes. He said, watch out for dogs. Let me go ahead and translate because your neighbor still hadn't gotten it. The person sitting next to you. What was he trying to say, Bishop? He says that as an ambassador, there's going to be some people you start to reach wherever you're at that are going to be like a dog and return to their vomit. They're gonna to wanna to go back to what it is that they came out of. And you're gonna be telling them isn't it awesome, we're going to harvest, man, we're serving God, man. In this awesome, in this awesome, in this awesome, and then all of a sudden, bow wow wow, yippee yo, yippee, yay, the dog in them is gonna show up and say, I wanna go back to where I've come from. He says, Watch out for dogs, because they're coming and they're gonna want to go back to what it is. And you're gonna be sitting there, you're gonna spend hours with them on the phone in the middle of the night, and uh, about their crying about, Oh my god, I gotta get out of this abusive relationship, oh my god, I gotta get out of this and then they're gonna get out of it, and then all of a sudden, three weeks later, you're not gonna hear from them and you're gonna call them and they're gonna say, Well, we back together. Well, you dog you You return to your own vomit, you dog. He says, He says, When you're pursuing a high call watch out for dogs. Then he says, then he says, then he says, watch out for mutilation. Was he talking about little mutilation? Well, in, in this particular context, yes, because the saints of God, they weren't being mutilated. They were being abused. See, it don't cost you nothing to serve God today. You come in here, you pray a prayer, you get a seat every week. You do all, It don't cost you nothing. But back then, when they joined the church, it cost them everything. They were killed and crucified. Peter crucified upside down. They were marred and they were beaten to serve God cost you nothing, not like what they had to pay. What does he mean mutilation? Mutilation in its root rudimentary form means incapacitation. He says, "Make sure you don't become your own worst enemy." He says, "Don't get incapacitated." That's what he's saying when he says, "Watch out for mutilation." Then, then he says, "Then he says, and watch out for evil workers." He said, "Evil workers." Now look at the word he used: "The workers." He said, "Watch out." For people that are with you, but not for you. Let me say it another way. Let me say it another way. Evil. Evil means contrary to. He says, watch out for folk and watch out for people that are doing the same thing you're doing, but they're against you. He says, you're going to have to deal with this when you're pursuing the high calling. Third lesson. How many lessons? No, that's all. Of that was two. All that was two. Dogs, mutilation, evil workers—all that's two. All right, come on now. I can count. Y'all be trying to get me off. See, y'all try to get me off a few Sundays ago. No, I have it in big bold numbers. I'm on number three. Got all our campuses, it requires suffering. Let me be clear about what suffering is. Suffering is for the cause of Christ. Suffering is not when I'm standing in this abusive relationship. I'm just suffering for Jesus. No, you stupid. No, like Jesus ain't got nothing to do with that. Suffering only involves for the cause of Christ. Suffering is you're serving God and being talked about. That's, that's suffering. Serving is you're giving to the Lord and your family says you're crazy for giving to that church and all that. That's, that, that's uh, Suffering is not, well, you know, I, you know I'm just going to stay. That's, no, that's just dumb. Bishop, that's pretty raw. You'll remember it, though. Fourth thing, fourth lesson, never think you've arrived. The worst thing is a Christian who thinks they've arrived. Worst thing is a Christian who thinks they know everything. It tickles me sometimes. People try to tell me the bit they know, and uh, oh, okay. (laughs) You know, four Hebrew words, and all of a sudden now you call to preach. Okay. (laughs) Well, make sure you stop by the whistle and pick up a free copy (laughs) of today's message. Never think you've arrived. Never think you're owed something by the church. Oh, God, I'm going to mess with this one. Never think the church owes you something. I've been paying my taxes. You're supposed to. So let's take that off the table. But you know, I I I bought that pants off of the church. <laughs> Wonderful. Would you like your dollar twenty back? Come on down and get it. Now, I just need to say that because sometimes people think that they're doing the church a favor. And, and it's important to understand we're doing you a favor. Yeah. God's doing you a favor. Yeah. Don't ever think you've arrived and somebody owes you something. Yeah. Right. There's nothing worse than people like that. And let me tell you, if you're a parent that's like that, no wonder Freddie and Mikey and Jason are like that. Yeah. Listen, who are you talking about? Your kids. Your kids, Freddie Krueger, Mikey Myers, and Jason Voorhees. No wonder why they act like that. See, 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 when I was coming up, having your own room, you were rich. Is it, come on, dad got one witness? Come on, some of y'all remember, you, until you were 18, you slept with your 17-year-old brother, head to toe, in the same bed. Don't sit up here and act like you're old something. Now kids, they feel like they're older a cell phone. one, you were doing something. They were just happy to have a pager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's sad. Anybody still use those pagers? <laughs> I was thinking about that the other day. I said, I wonder if they still use those. Never think you've arrived. Bishop, what's the whole point you try to make? I'm not being judgmental, no condescending. I just want us to understand the point. We can never think we've arrived. And we can never think we're owed something. Because when we do that, we're going to start getting beside ourselves. Are you understand what I'm saying? Fifth, fifth, fifth lesson. He says, forget the pain and the failures of yesterday, but remember the lessons. Forgiveness doesn't mean things ever go back to the way that they were. Forgiveness means I no longer let those things hurt me. That's forgiveness. See, some of you are trying to sit up here today because somebody made you feel bad, but you need to forgive me, and forgiving me means that things go back to the way they used to be. That's not in your Bible. And that's why it's so important that we pay attention to what we do when we're doing it. Because some things, when we put it out there, we can never take it back. And when you do certain things to people, sometimes you're never going to be able to get back to the place you were with them before. That's why husbands love your wives now. Don't wait until she walks out to love her. Wives, love your husbands. Don't wait until do it now because you never know when it's going to be too late to do it. Love your pastor now. Love your children now. Do it now, because when you want to ask for forgiveness, they may forgive you, but they may never fellowship with you again. Do it now. Look at somebody say, "Do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now, do it now." now. now." Sixth thing, last lesson: press toward the prize. Say the prize. The prize is seeing others' lives transformed. That's the prize the prize is us being able to look and, and see look at all the lives we've changed look 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 at all the all the all the food and clothing and this and that and this and that and all that L- look at all of the bills that we paid because there were some ambassadors that rose up and said you don't have it we got you the prize watch this is not me seeing me get a bunch of stuff Let me be very clear. When I say me, I mean it as a personal pronoun pronoun for you. It's not you saying you get a bunch of stuff. The prize is, look at the lives I've transformed. And, and, And watch this. And watch this. And when those lives are transformed, he makes me a promise. Come on. Can I close and can we shout real good? He makes me a promise. If I seek first. The kingdom of God. Where is that at? Right in here. What is it? It's heaven on earth called me. If I seek that. How do I seek it? I just told you. His righteousness. That's a what? Free gift. So look at the neighbor. High five and say you're righteous. Isn't that something? You're righteous, man. All these things will be added unto you. You want to be rich? You want to be successful? You want to be great in life? Serve other people. Stand on your feet today if you receive that word. Won't you bless the Lord as you're standing on all of our campuses? Hallelujah. Hallelujah.